That's a big, that's a mouthful right there. Think about it. Think about what you're saying. You're singing, Lord, you're all I want. Psalm 145 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and he saves them. But the Lord is near all to who call on him. That's my desire is to be near the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And that walk, that constant walk with the Lord, it requires something of us. It requires a daily communication with God. So let's just press in to the Lord. And uh, when we draw near to Him, He'll draw near to us. He promises that in His Word. And Lord, I want to draw near to You today, God.
morning. Let's praise his name. Thank you, God. Mountains shake before you. Hallelujah. I don't know. Do you think we've praised him enough? I just, I don't think we have. I don't know. I don't know if we can. You know, in the Bible it says David, I mean, they danced before him with all their might. How do you do that? How do you praise the Lord? How do you praise the Lord with all your might? I don't even know that. Last last Sunday, Rick mentioned perspiration. Do we judge it by our perspiration that we've we just sweated it out? I don't know. I don't have the answers to that. But I know I do want to praise the Lord that saved me. I know that's why I'm here. And this world is not going to take me down with it. I am going to live for the Lord, and I'm going to praise Him. Let's let's hey, let's end on a on a good note, and let's just let's just let it all out. And let's let the Lord know that we love him and that we praise him. All right, let's do that. The mountains tremble. The mountains shake before you. The demon run and flee. At the mention of your name, King of majesty, there is no power in hell. who we're singing about. Can I shepherd and pastor just for a minute here? I know there's a lot of things going on in the world right now. I know there is. You know there is. But the Bible tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And I realize freedom of speech is a great thing, and I'm thankful for that. But when I scroll through social media, and I see everything under the sun except seeking first the kingdom of God, it makes me wonder, do we realize who the great I am is? 
Because while we have this and we have that and we have this opinion and we have that opinion, we have people dying and going to hell while we bicker about everything else except getting people to heaven. We have people sick in our church that are really struggling and going through things. And I'd much rather you be on your knees in prayer for those people in our church, in our country, than to gripe about stuff. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. We serve the great I am. He has not changed. And while it's great to get your thoughts and your opinions out there, it's more important that we see people saved. It's more important that we take people to the kingdom of God. in love today that the end is near that the time is coming and I don't want to I don't want any of us to be caught off guard and surprised when the rapture takes place and we're called out so father right now I thank you I thank you father that we have many freedoms in this world I thank you for the sacrifices that are made for that God But God, I pray right now that our hearts are turned towards you in these last days. God, the Bible is playing, your word is playing out right in front of us. And if we're not reading it and understanding that, then we need to get in it. Father, forgive us for not seeing it and recognizing it. And Father, I pray right now that every ounce of effort, every every voice that's in this place, God, would turn towards you, would turn towards going and making disciples and being bold Father, we're bold in so many other things. Why can't we be bold in encouraging people to experience your love? And Father, I praise you and I thank you for what you do in our lives. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this church. I thank you for the word that you're sharing right now for us in this moment, God. And Lord, forgive us. Forgive each one of us, Father, if we've made it other something other than what you'd have us to do. Turn our hearts towards you. Lord, I praise you and I thank you right now. I thank you, Father. You are the great I am and my complete hope and trust is in you. It doesn't matter what's going on around me, Father. My hope is in you.
worship you and we praise you, God. And we thank you this morning for showing up. And God, as we move into the message this morning, Father, I pray that hearts and minds and ears are open up to what you'd have to say, God, on this tough subject that we're going to cover this morning. Father, I praise you and I thank you again for who you are. You are great and greatly to be praised. And we give you the thanks and the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' precious name, and the church said, Amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Praise God, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I believe it's important to pause when God wants us to pause and share what He needs us to share. He is the great I am church. Please, please, please don't get deceived. Don't get distracted by what the enemy brings up in the world. God has not changed. He's still on the throne. He knows what's going on. He sees it. He understands it. And he's still our protector. He's still our refuge in times of trouble. Go to him. Go to him. Go to him for your peace in the midst of all the chaos. And I promise you, he will meet you there as you seek him. And he will do what only he can do. Amen. Lured. Lured, honey. Lured. Longer this goes, the more I'm just going to razz her about that. Don't take the bait. Um, Week one, we talked about offense, what that looks like. Week two, we talked about Joseph and how, how could this happen to me and how in our lives sometimes we have that same question, how could this happen to me? Uh, When we become offended, we become hurt. Last week, we talked about how to handle offense by the example of who? Jesus. Is everybody here last? Is this a whole new crowd? (laughs) The example that Jesus gave us, and he was offended, hurt, talked about everything, and he said, nothing, nothing, because he knew God was the righteous judge, and God would take care of all that needed taken care of, Okay. This morning, as we continue on in this series and continue covering some of the things that um, I want to bring out in in the book, The Bait of Satan by John Bevere that I've been reading again, I want to take a look at forgiveness when we're offended. How many find it simple and easy to forgive people? There's a few. Okay. For the rest of you, we're about to dive into this this morning. Okay. It is difficult at times to give forgiveness and give it in a way that is free and you mean it. And psychologists generally define forgiveness as a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. I want to read that again. Forgiveness is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. And I'm going to start off this morning by saying, if you don't give forgiveness, you don't get forgiveness. 
if you don't give forgiveness, you don't get forgiveness. And, and, and some of you may be saying, Rick, you can't say that. I didn't say that. The Bible says that. So turn with me to Mark chapter 11. Again, the topic of forgiveness this morning. Mark chapter 11, verses 24 through 26 is where we'll start. I'm going to share just a couple passages with you this morning. I'm still up here just thinking about the goodness of God and who he is in our lives and how big he wants to be in our lives. Mark 11, 24 through 26 says this, and this is out of the New King James Version this morning. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Then go over to Matthew 6. Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15. Matthew 6, 14 and 15, out of the New Living Translation, says this. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But again, but if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. I didn't say it. Jesus says it here. There's our example again. And this morning I want us to think about the consequences of refusing to let go of offense and forgiving someone and how to get free from that. And in these scriptures this morning, Jesus means what he says. He's laying it out here for us on forgiveness. And, and those of us who ask God for forgiveness, we must also be forgiving of those that hurt us and sin against us. We have to. And we might think that if, if, this, if this was the only place that Jesus talked about forgiveness, it might seem we earned forgiveness from God because we forgive others. I earned it. So God's going to forgive me now. But there's other, other scriptures, other examples that he talks about in Matthew 9, Matthew 18, Luke 17, where Jesus tells us more about forgiveness. And, and by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you have to be obedient to the Holy Spirit in your life. The Apostle Paul makes it clear that the basics or the basis of forgiveness is what Jesus did for us on the cross. Not anything that we do. It's all about what he did for us on the cross and how he forgave us. And again, forgiveness is required for those that have been forgiven. How many of you are in here are a Christian? Now I'm really singling out, okay? You have experienced forgiveness from Jesus by what he did on the cross. For everything you've done wrong in life, even to this day, if you did something this morning, you get forgiveness for it when you ask for it because of what Jesus has done for us. We as believers in Jesus, those who have been forgiven, we're not given this luxury of holding on to offense and bitterness and not forgiving people. We are not to do that. 
when we begin to see how greatly we have sinned against God and how great his forgiveness is towards us, then we can properly see that what others have done against us is small by comparison. You know how many times I've done wrong in my life and done things that weren't right? You know, all the way out, I'm 44. There's been a lot. And in comparison to people that have hurt me and offended me, there's way more things that I've done against God and what Jesus has done for me than what people have offended and hurt me. And I need to keep that perspective that daily, when I fail Jesus, when, when I sin, when I mess up, that he forgives me. And the few times that come along when somebody hurts me or sins against me or, or does something against me, I have to be able to look at that like, man, that, that doesn't happen very much. It's not in comparison to how many times I've messed up. I need to see it like that. I need to understand that I mess up way more than people hurt me. And God forgives. Jesus forgives. And again, matter of perspective, the earth is big, but compared to the sun, it's small. The sun is somewhere around 33,000 times bigger than the earth. So all the wrongs done against us may be big in our own life, and I know they are. I know we experience things that hurt us, but compared to the wrongs we have done to God, they are small. They are small. And if we have this exaggerated view of the wrongs done against us, it proves that we have too small of a view of our own wrongs against God. I can't believe they did this to me. Look at how big this deal is. But we forget how quickly God has forgiven us of everything that we've done. Everything that we've done. And being honest this morning, forgiving others is very difficult. It is. I know it is. Because we're human. Because the world has taught us a whole different thing about this, that when somebody wrongs you, then you pay them back. You share a piece of your mind as well. And you let them have it. Or you just hold this grudge against them forever and this bitterness forever, and you never get over it. And you actually imprison yourself in something that doesn't let you walk in freedom that Jesus wants for you. And I know, again, it's one of the most difficult things to do to forgive when someone's hurt you. And we can only do it if we truly understand and know how greatly God has forgiven us. We're so quick to forget that when we get hurt. And we have to do it. We have to do it this morning, church. We have to forgive. You have to forgive. You have to. Jesus emphasizes the urgency of forgiveness. It, it's, it's not an option. It's the right thing to do. It should be our response because we know much how much we've been forgiven. And we're following again, like we talked about last week, our example of Jesus who forgives the sins of the world. And I just hit on this a second ago, but when, when you forgive others, not only is it the right thing to do, but it also sets you free. Because when you're holding on to this stuff, you, you walk around with it. You walk around with this hate, this bitterness, this resentment, this, this unforgiveness. You walk around in it. You are in shackles. You are subject to that thing. You are consumed by that thing. And you cannot walk in freedom. You just can't. Not everything that God has for you. You can't walk in that. And, and this morning... As we're talking about this, and we've been talking about offense, we've been talking about not taking the bait, 
there are still some in here this morning that I believe still need free from offense. Still. After four weeks, still need God to deliver them and heal their heart over things that have happened for them, to them. I wonder how many of us would want God to forgive us in the same way that we have forgiven those who have offended us. No, I wouldn't want that. No. I'd want God to do better than that. And you may be telling yourself that, and no, in your mind, no, I'm the same, Rick. I don't, want, I don't want God to forgive me like that because I'm not doing a very good job of forgiving people. I'm not doing a very good job of it. But it's exactly the way in which you will be forgiven. Because if you're not forgiving others, you're not getting forgiveness from the Father. And because unforgiveness is so rampant, you know, here's a, I'm going to throw this out there. And it's not going to sound right, but because unforgiveness is so rampant in our churches across America, we do not want to take, we, do, we don't want to take this part of the word seriously that Jesus is telling us to do here. It's like, you know, I talked about this last week. Sometimes we like to skim over things and, and not pay attention to those things, but, but rampant or not, truth does not change. That does not change. It is the truth. Whether you want to skim over it or you want to dive into it, it's the truth. And that's what we are to live by. The way we forgive, release, and restore another person is the way that we will be forgiven. If I can forgive someone and release them and restore them when they've done me wrong, Jesus is going to do the same thing for me. And there's such a freedom in that. When an offense occurs... There's a debt that's owed. And I, and I know you guys have said this. I've said this, but you've heard it said, you're going to pay for that. Well, you're going to pay. I've probably even used that line growing up. Oh, I'll get you when you least expect it. I'll get you back. If we can forgive, forgiveness is like a cancellation of that debt. Aaron, I know you did me wrong. I forgive you, not I'm going to pay you back. There'll be a day that you get yours. Not that. And I forgive you, brother. I forgive you. Because I don't want to be walking around chained and shackled down to something that God doesn't want me to be carrying. And I want to forgive just like Jesus forgives me. The debt we were given was unpayable. No way that we could ever repay God for what we owe him. All the stuff we've done in our lives... Our offense was overwhelming in our own personal life. So God gave salvation as a gift and Jesus paid that debt that was against us. Now, I don't have to spend eternity in hell because of what Jesus did, what God did in sending Jesus for me and my sins. I could never repay that. And the offenses that we hold against each other compared to our offenses against God, it's, it's really, if you look at it in money terms, it's like, man, if I hold offenses like people done against me, maybe like $4,000. But compared to everything that I've done and offended God with, that's probably like 4.5 billion. There's no comparison. So why do we have such a hard time forgiving people? I know hurt. I've experienced pain. And I know a lot of you, I know some stories in here of some things that you guys went through. And 
You may feel like this morning that no one has it as bad as you. No one has had to go through the things that I've had to go through and experience the hurt that I've had to deal with. But when we get to those points and we get to those things in our mind, what we tend to forget is how Jesus was treated. All he did was love. All he did was heal and miracles and show people the way and look at how he was treated. Shamed for being Jesus, the savior of the world. And a person who cannot forgive has forgotten the great debt for which they were forgiven. And, and when this, these things come up in our lives when we can't forgive and we don't offer forgiveness, we need to remember what Jesus exactly delivered us out of. Hell is real. It's real. We've been delivered from eternity in hell and burning where the worm does not die. All of that stuff constantly, we've been delivered out of that. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, he's delivered us from that, saved us from it. And if you have a hard time forgiving this morning, think of the reality of hell and the love of God that saved you from it. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. The only way you can do this is through the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Now, you can either choose to forgive or you can choose to just shut the Holy Spirit up in you and say, I'm not listening, I'm just gonna be bitter. You have that choice. As a Christian, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you and lets you know you need to forgive that brother or sister. You don't need to hang on to this. And we have the choice to accept that and walk in that and offer it or we have the choice to ignore it. How many of you guys have ignored the Holy Spirit before? I should see every hand up in here. Okay? The Holy Spirit is our check. It's that feeling in your gut or in your mind that you get sometimes that, oh, I know as a believer, I know this is what I should do, but that really hurt. And I'm just going to hang on to it for a little bit longer because I would say I like feeling like this, but surely nobody says that. If you have a hard time, again, forgiving, think of the reality of hell and the love of God that saved you from it. I'm going to show a video clip here in just a second and a little background of this. And you guys have probably seen this, this was from a couple years ago. Um, a young man was, was uh, a cop had went in the wrong apartment and, and a man was shot, innocent. But what, what I want to talk about and show this morning was the brother of the young man that was shot and how he responded to his brother's life being taken away and what they lost as a family. So go ahead and roll that clip. I don't want to... say twice or for the hundredth time what you've or how much you've taken from us. I think you know that. But I just, I hope you go to God with all what 
all the guilt, all the things, the bad things you may have done in the past. Each and every one of us may have done something that we're not supposed to do. If you truly are sorry, I know I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not gonna say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I see I I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't gonna ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm not gonna say anything else. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person. And I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please. Yes. Forgiveness. And the only way humanly thinking that I can imagine how that young man did that was his love for Christ, his recognition for what God had done for him in his life, and to know that instead of being bitter or angry, that he wanted to love her as God loved him. Church Jesus means what he says.
And, and so, you know, why is this forgiveness thing so hard to find in the church? It's because we give excuses for holding on to unforgiveness, for holding on to bitterness. You know, we think maybe that unforgiveness is, is a lesser sin than all the other ones that are listed in the Bible. But those, those of us who continually practice unforgiveness, you know, I wonder, are, are we going to inherit the kingdom of God because we repeatedly are sinning? and practicing this unforgiveness. And, and this morning, this, this, is, this, is, this is mercy and a warning, not, not judgment. You know, I, I ask myself this, would you rather be convicted by the Holy Spirit now and experience genuine repentance and forgiveness, or would you refuse to forgive and hear the Master say, depart from me? because you couldn't get rid of that sin and you kept doing it over and over again. And by then, it's too late to repent. And, I, and again, I think about, I think about the ultimate example of who we're following in Jesus. I think about what he was doing when he walked the earth and how much love he was showing. And I think about how they arrested him, how they mocked him, how they shamed him, how they plucked his beard from his face, how they stuck a crown of thorns on his head, how they beat him relentlessly over and over and over again, and how they shamed him and made him carry the cross. And they hung him on that cross, and they, as he offered up his life, and they nailed him to the cross. I think about all of that, and how he had every reason to be upset about what was happening to him. But you know what he said after all of that, after all that ridicule, after all that pain, after all that hurt, you know what Jesus, our example, said? Father, forgive them. Forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And what an example for us. When we are hurt, when we're offended, when things happen to us in life, to supernaturally let the Holy Spirit speak in us and through us and say, I forgive. And I love you just like Jesus does. Some of you that if you'll stand this morning, you may be locked in your own prison of unforgiveness this morning. You don't understand how dangerous that is. And, I'm, and I want to tell you this morning that your freedom, the freedom that you need to walk to, could be on the other side of that forgiveness. That God has more in store for you if you will forgive. And if you're a Christian here this morning, you know, you know what Jesus has done for you. You know it. He forgave you of everything and he still does every single day when you come to him and ask for forgiveness. Extend that to others if needed. Extend that to yourself if it's needed. You know, Sandy made that comment on Facebook that sometimes the hardest person to forgive is ourselves for things we've done. But Jesus doesn't hold that against us. So as we pray this morning, 
Is there someone, is there something that's happened to you? Maybe it was yesterday, maybe it was 15, 30 years ago. Is there something you're still holding on to that has imprisoned you and shackled you down that you need to ask forgiveness and you need to extend forgiveness in that situation or to that person? Don't just cover it up. Let it be revealed. Take it to God and let him heal and restore you so you can walk in the freedom you need to walk in this morning. As they play, let's worship and let's pray. If you need healing, anything at all, the altars are open this morning. Praise you, God.